how do you price an ad on your channel? That's probably the most common question we get from other creators. And it was the biggest question we had when we first started on YouTube. So we're hosting a live workshop on how to price yourself. This is everything that we've learned in the past 13 years of being on YouTube and our simple three-step process that'll help you develop concrete pricing. So if you wanna join us for this live session, just go to colinandsamir.com slash live. Enter your email and you'll get all the information about our live event on May 9th. All right, hope you enjoy this episode of The Colin and Samir Show. Hey, podcast listeners. Today on the show, we're talking about Swedish inventor and longtime YouTuber, Simone Yetch. She's been building things on YouTube, making robots, machines, and inventions like a desk chair and a dog hybrid, a robot that feeds you soup, and even a Tesla truck. These inventions have led to millions of views and subscribers on YouTube, but now she's taking her career in a different direction. There's a lot that we can learn from Simone's story, and that's what we're going to talk about today on the show. We also covered Simone in our newsletter, The Publish Press. If you don't subscribe, you can head over to thepublishpress.com and subscribe there. This is the story of how Simone Yetch went from making shitty robots that no one would ever use to launching something new very recently that's changed the way we think about building a career on YouTube. Simone Yetch is a creator that doesn't post very often on YouTube. But when she does post, it gets massive viewership. She posted three videos this year and eight videos the year prior. So let's take a look at one of her most popular videos, which is about Truckla. I just put in down payment on a Tesla and I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to transform it into my ultimate dream car. <laughs> so she sets up this context of like why she wants to do this. But one of the most interesting things is that you recognize early on in the video that she doesn't really know how she's going to do it. This is gonna be super scrappy. Like, the truck itself is gonna be great, but the process is gonna be scrappy AF. So great stories have a lot of tension. And when it comes to inventing something new, there's so much built-in tension because it's understood that this has never been done before, so most likely there will be failure. And I think when you take a step back and look at this genre that she's in, the maker genre, where people are making and creating things on YouTube, you recognize that the reason these videos are so popular is because they follow such great storytelling practices. So it's set up through a hook and an act one where she's essentially saying, I want to do this. I want to take this Tesla and I want to cut it up and turn it into a truck. The second act of the video is the process of creating this end product. You almost already know that she's going to end up with a Tesla that looks like a truck, but the fun part of it is watching how she goes about it. And that brings you to this act three climax of actually seeing the invention and then seeing how she portrays it. That is why this genre is so popular on YouTube. And we're seeing it across other channels outside of Simone's. Mark Rober is a great example of this. Matthew Beam is a creator who's kind of on the rise right now through making things that have never been made before. Matthew Benedetto from Unnecessary, Unnecessary Inventions. Unnecessary Inventions, that's right. It's a really fun genre that's, also extremely visual. Now this video is very sensational. That is this grand idea, but the majority of Simone's videos are actually these inventions that solve problems to everyday things. I think a perfect example is the video where she makes a table that can be used for dinner and then can easily transition to a table that's used for a puzzle. Are you a puzzler? I was during the pandemic. Really? Big time puzzler. Wow. But that's in my past now. That's in your past. Yeah. yeah. You got a puzzling um, past. Yeah. I have a puzzling past. <laughs> yeah. I'm a former puzzler. Are you a puzzler? I'm not going to answer that question. That's private. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> when you watch this video about the puzzle table, you realize these inventions take a really long time for her to put together, an undetermined mm -hmm. amount of time, and she's tracking the process of putting this invention together. For her, her videos are a presentation of what she's making. Her videos are not the end product. That's a really important distinction uh, of what's happening on YouTube. Thank right? you. If your video is a presentation, it means you are filming something that would have been happening absent of the video being made. And if your video is the product, you are filming something that exclusively exists because you are filming a YouTube video. And with the puzzle table as an example, that's something she wanted to make for herself that right. I would imagine is still in her home. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. She would have made that regardless. I feel like on TikTok right now, we see a lot of presentation. I came across a TikTok recently of someone cleaning a pool. That is their job. That is something that someone was doing and they chose to film it and it was really engaging. And on the other side, when we think about videos as product, we're seeing a lot of challenge videos. You're seeing something like buried alive for 50 hours. That's not something you're doing unless you're filming it and putting it on YouTube. That's right. But it's not always challenge videos, commentary channels right. or product reviews. Those are things that the video is the end product and it's the purpose of why the camera is on. So this concept of, of product and presentation when it comes to videos, it's not like one is better than the other. A lot of it comes down to how you're running your business as yeah. a creator. On the product side, you're making a lot of your money from the platform, mm -hmm. whether it's brand deals, AdSense. And when your videos are a presentation, most likely because you're uploading fewer videos, yeah. you're making money off the platform somehow. I do think as a creator, it's a really important question to ask yourself, especially when you look out a few years ahead, do you want your videos to be the product or do you want to be presenting something that you're doing using video? And that's the first of three questions that we thought of as we started looking into Simone's career. And these three questions, which you'll hear us answer at the end of the episode, really help you define what success looks like for you as a creator. And mm -hmm. I think that's a super important thing that, that all creators should do. Now, this concept of product and, and presentation, it's a spectrum on YouTube. It's not like people who are presenting something are just like not aware of the concept that the video is also a product. Looking at Simone's career, there are times where she's sort of wavered on mm -hmm. that scale where, yeah, at times she's making things that are specifically for the YouTube video, where right. I don't believe that she would be making them without it. Right. It's always a balance of like, what's something I want to do and what's something that I think um, people on YouTube might like doing. And like, there's definitely a big overlap and that's kind of where I've been mm -hmm. trying to exist. If you look at her earliest videos, she says that she wanted these inventions to be jiffable. So she's trying to make things for the content. I just started building these things and I posted them online and I think Reddit is where it really started taking off. I mean, the toothbrush machine is the first video that, that I can see back on her channel. It's seven seconds long and it just shows the invention. Now, by the way, it's gifable. I just want you to know that. Yeah, just so you know. Are we sure about that? We're positive. You can confidently say I that? I can confidently say it because it's a acronym and the first word of that is graphic. Gr, g, gif. Who wants to say gifable? Gifable rolls off the tongue. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Gifable. Gif? As we start seeing how she grows, she goes from making these seven to 20 second videos of just showing the invention, essentially just the act three, the reveal of the invention, to showing a lot more of her personality and a lot more of the process. 
there's a level of comedy to this and, and levity to she's really good at what she does, but she's using that skill set to do things that are useless. But something really life-changing and impactful happens for Simone. She ends up with a brain tumor. In the video, she's super vulnerable. These last three years since I started my YouTube channel have been the best three years of my life. And throughout the next series of videos takes her audience behind the scenes of going through that experience, going through surgeries. I think that is a, a really interesting experience as a creator, of course, to make that choice to, to, to showcase that also as an audience. And, and it obviously brings the depth of connection extremely close. And the impact of that experience is that it causes her to shift her purpose and rethink what she's doing as a creator. You know, it just really forces you to think about your life in not a critical way, but in a way of like, this is really what I want to be doing. And that was how kind of what started the pivot from like shitty robots, because it was also like, I was in a, I was very sad. I'm like, I don't want to make a robot that throws something in my face. Like I'm not feeling up for it. I can't just make a ass wiping robot after this. Yeah. It was a way for me to kind of pivot and discover other things that I wanted to do. She starts making products that actually could be used, that aren't mm -hmm. useless. And she makes this everyday calendar, which helps her meditate for 365 days and ends up raising almost $600,000 on Kickstarter from 2,300 people. And it's the first time I put something out there that I've made for people to buy. And I've been wanting to make real products ever since I was a kid, so it's huge for me. That's a really important moment in Simone's story, and I think an important moment that we can all learn from especially as we start to understand that she's like reflecting on success. I think this is an important question for all creators to think about, which is what is your metric for success? Because on YouTube as a platform, it, it kind of has these built-in markers for success of get to a million subscribers, get a million views on a video, get to 10 million subscribers. These are like gamified metrics of success, but it doesn't mean that those are the metrics of success for everybody. That's actually incredibly subjective to what you want. You get so caught up in what other people's definition of success is. It's like having YouTube videos that hit a lot of numbers, having a strong subscriber growth. And I'm like, is that really success to me? To me, it's like, am I proud of the projects that I'm doing? And did the people who end up watching it like it? And I think we can all save ourselves a lot of time if we take a couple hours to take a step back and write down, what is it that we want? out of all of this. And it's something that you and I do often. Yeah. And we're going to do it at the end of this episode again, because right. you always have to continually check in with what does success mean to you? And is it tied to the platform? Is it something just in your personal life? Like you have all those things matter when it comes to building a career as a creator. And I think that time, allowing yourself that time is incredibly crucial for a long-term career. Do you remember at the beginning of this episode when I said that the phonetic pronunciation of her name was going to come back and it was going to be important? Mm -hmm. Well, here, here it is. Here yeah. it is. Okay, here this it is. is the moment. It's happening. This is the moment. <laughs> On May 3rd, Simone releases a video. So I started a product design company and I named it Yash. Which again is the actual pronunciation of her name, which I would have thought is Gertz. 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 Yeah. What she explains here is that she's going to be creating and selling products that you can actually use 
some of which she's already had on her channel, like the Everyday Calendar. She introduces the screwdriver ring, which is gonna mm -hmm. be for sale. Yep, so all of these things are available on her website, and what's really cool is that she can feature all of them on her channel, which she already has done. She's done it with the world's worst jigsaw puzzle, uh, and she just made a short with the screwdriver ring, and it's like, this stuff fits really well and very naturally into her content. She does not have to change how she makes content to talk about these products that she's now selling. And that is actually the definition of content product fit. When you don't have to change your content and you're incorporating a product. Another great example of this is binging with Babish. Yeah. The Babish knife and all of the cutlery that he sells. Doesn't change his videos at all. It integrates perfectly. And what's amazing is that there's this really natural action that the audience can take now. You watch the toothbrush machine and the only action you can take is sharing it, which is great because that builds your audience and that kind of starts to, to build out the world of Simone Yech. But now you can watch a video and take an action immediately. You can go and purchase it. And the video format is exactly the same that we talked about it from the beginning. And content product fit is also a spectrum. Yeah. If you look at Eric and his Pizzafy, the sauce that turns everything into pizza. Mm -hmm. It's authentic because he likes pizza and he talks about pizza a lot in his videos, but his videos aren't based around the Pizzafy product. Yeah, he, he does have to break from the content to talk about Pizzafy. That, that's an important distinction, right? He's not, it's not authentically fitting into the, the content. But his videos are his product. Yeah. And when your videos are a presentation, they often lend themselves really well to finding this content product fit. Another great example is Amanda Rachelie. It's a creator who um, shows you how to like use a bullet journal, how to use stationery, how to use your planners. And she launched a line of stationery. So the content doesn't change. Now you can just buy the bullet journal she's using. The really important thing for me about content product fit is that as a creator, if you have content product fit, you're like killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. And from a lifestyle perspective, I feel like it matches up with purpose, or maybe it's more likely to match up with your, yeah, I agree. your purpose. If you buy something today, I mean, you get something, but you're also supporting the vision of like what I want this company to be. And not to sound too lofty, but you're also supporting what I want my future to be. Like my goal has never been to have the world's biggest YouTube channel. If it was, then I'm uh, definitely doing it wrong. And I've just been thinking about what I want to do with my life and like what I want to do when I'm 55. And this is it. It takes a lot of the success metrics off of the platform. And that then takes the pressure off of the performance of the videos. It takes the pressure off of putting out more videos. It creates a more well-rounded version of an entrepreneur. You can't hinge your future on, on YouTube. And like, I also want to find ways to take some of the pressure off and of, of myself and have something that can kind of run independently of me. The YouTube channel becomes the tool in her toolkit, yeah. not the entire business. Yes. And, and like you mentioned, killing two birds with one stone, you do have the opportunity to monetize the videos too. So you are monetizing both sides. You're making money by making these really interesting videos, especially when you find a format like hers that, that works really well for video. And you're making money because you're building a library of content that promotes your e-commerce store. That's really powerful. This is a huge moment for Simone launching Yetch because this product design company could be around far after she stops making videos. Mm -hmm. And because she's Swedish oh, and Ikea is from Sweden, 
Perfect okay. opportunity for a collaboration. I think that's a highly likely scenario. Brings a ton of audience to the partner and it allows her to bring her style into a mass distribution outlet. And the Swedish meatballs at Ikea. You like those? Oh, they're so good. Yeah, they do have like surprisingly good food there. The veggie dog? Did you say D-A-W-G? Uh, there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's recap these kind of three questions from Simone's career and answer them for ourselves. And while we're answering these questions, we also put a link in the description for a downloadable worksheet that you can go through to answer the questions for yourself. We also threw some surprise questions in there. Whether you're a creator or an entrepreneur, these are good questions to ask yourself. First question, are your videos a product or are they a presentation? Right now, our videos are a product. I would say they started as a presentation because you and I have conversations about creators all the time. That's right, yeah. And I remember you said, you know, we're having these conversations about yeah. creators. Why don't we just film one of them? Yeah, what if we turn this, what if into, we just turn this yeah. into a video? Yeah. And that was our video about Beam. That's right. And that was the first video to actually really get any traction. From that point on, we followed that trajectory mm -hmm. of talking about creators. And now, yes, the videos are our product. Now, the second question, do we have content product fit? Is there something that we could make or that we could sell that fits very organically into what we're doing right now? Our goal is, as most creators have this goal, is to go from product to slide down that spectrum of presentation to say, you know, for us, as we think about launching courses, as we think about other businesses we can do, we want to be able to authentically fit them into the show and allow you to, to watch us launch those things and interact with them. Example would be if we launched a consulting arm to our business. That's right. We solve problems for creators on our show. Mm -hmm. We can solve problems for you. Or maybe we write a book, Colin. We tell stories about creators and how they become successful to help you figure out how you can become successful. Maybe we write a book that follows that same trajectory. We're workshopping the chapters of the book on the channel. It's yep. about creators. Yep. That's a presentation. If we had our own company that sold yellow chairs. <laughs> I don't understand the laughter. <laughs> okay, better example is our newsletter, The Published Press, which covers the stories of creators. Is it a better example? That's a much better example. And we authentically talk about the stories that we cover in our newsletter on the show. You, yeah, I think okay, I think, the I think chairs are a better chairs. example. Okay, yeah, my subscribe bad. to The Published Press, fine. Yeah, fine. Subscribe to the newsletter, but like, I guess- But also wait chairs. for us to launch Yellow Chairs. Okay, <laughs> okay. Personally, I think my goal for us is to make videos less the product so that we can take some pressure off of the videos and allow ourselves more time to make the videos. I love making this show. I love talking to creators and I love telling creator stories. I just wanna add something to it to kind of round out our universe of saying, here's the videos, and here's also this part of our business that we have that you can interact with. Round out our universe, AKA diversify our business yeah. at the same time, Yeah. right? And now the third, this is like the big existential question. What is your metric of success? What is ours? I think my metric truly comes down to lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Are we working with people that we enjoy? Are we doing interesting projects? I hope it doesn't, I don't want things to be stale. Like I think yeah. you have to play that balance of innovating, but doing what works for your business. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that we have a, a system in place to continue to do new and exciting things. That's sort of a blurry metric for success, but yeah, it's basically saying like, am I trapped in this cycle and is mm -hmm. everything the same? Or am I being put in opportunities to grow, to do new things? I think that's what I love about Simone is like, yeah. she can give herself two months to innovate on something. To build something brand new. Yeah. That no one's ever seen And before. I always want to have that option. Yeah. 
I think that's that's something that has opened my eyes about Simone's story is time the time it takes to innovate and the fact that she set herself up to have that time to innovate is very aspirational. And also having both on and off platform success metrics. Yeah. On platform right now for us, million subscribers, continuing to grow the show, booking bigger and bigger guests. Off platform for me, having more interesting conversations, learning more stories about creators and building a team and an environment in the studio that is allowing for everyone to express their creativity and enjoy being together here. Because again, we're doing like a creative craft. It should be fun. And that's, a, that's actually an evolutionary process. I think that's one of the most important things to, to recognize that success metrics can change every three months. You can take a look at it and say, am I still enjoying this? Is this still what I consider success? And it could be numbers. Numbers can play into that. Like for me personally, I really want this channel to get to a million subscribers and that's totally fine. And then once we get there, it's going to change and shift and say, now what do we want? All right. So check out Simone's new store, Yetch, and download the worksheet if you want to answer these questions for yourself. All right. See ya.